Oh, James, I have done it again. I have tried to do .NET on Linux. But this time, instead of mono, I've decided to try out the old .NET Core. And I've really been enjoying myself. It's, it's actually been a really good experience. And in all this, I discovered even something even cooler, the new CS Proj project file format for .NET. How silly. Am I getting excited about dumb things here? I think that you're not because, you know, when we talk about the new CS Proj, people don't know the CS Proj, right? It's just this cluster of crap that gets built up for no good reason. And I told Frank literally right before the show, I go, you know, we support the new CS Proj and VS for Mac, right? Because we didn't in Xamarin <laughs> Studio. And he's like, what? what? And I was like, yeah, no more of that project.json shenanigans. I'm like, you do new .NET standard library. And guess what's in <laughs> your CS Proj? Three lines of code. It's beautiful. Oh, so it's so awesome. For, for those who aren't .NET programmers, here's the situation. Whenever you want to create a project, an app or something like that, you need a project file that lists all the files to include in it. And our project file format was not human editable. I mean, people have in the past, brave people understood the file format and could get through it. But for the most part, you really needed an IDE. This wasn't something you were going to change in a text editor. Even if you knew how the file format worked, it was still a pain to change in the text editor just because it was so big. So this is kind of a big deal for them to whittle it down to, what is it? It's, it's four lines, three lines? It's awesome. Three lines? Well, there's four, I guess. Five, I guess. Project, <laughs> oh, okay. what SDK is it? What framework? Open, yeah. close? Yeah. The, the, the top and bottom lines don't count, so we'll go back to three. <laughs> yeah, what I like about it, so, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I have over the years mastered the CS Proj to, mm. the, to the point where, you know, there was a reason that Visual Studio never let you easily modify the CS Proj. You actually had to unload your project and then you had to go in and modify and it's all this crazy XML. Mm. And then you had to really know what you were doing. So there's all these, are you in release? Are you in this thing? Are you in that thing? Are you in this Version thing? Like, numbers what? everywhere, GUIDs everywhere, mm. who, uh, weird paths, weird target file things. What's a target? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what, yeah. What's a target? Why is this? Why is this reference? Why is it like dot, dot, slash? Like, what if <laughs> you move things around? Like, it doesn't really make any sense. So I came to kind of love that Xamarin Studio always just let you edit the CS Proj without unloading anything. Mm -hmm. And the problem here was really with the NuGets, which um, NuGets and yeah, directories and, you know, imports getting added and removed. So there's all these like really this, it's like crud. It's just yeah. like all this crud doesn't, it just, it lingers. It doesn't want to get removed or, or stripped down. So it just kind of sticks around. So the new CS Proj, right, we just added JSON.NET. And it just says package reference json.net version. And if I want to yeah. remove it, I could, of course, use the IDE and right click remove, but I could add and I could add my own packages in here. So what's really nice about this is that, uh, is that you could just modify it open, you know, there's no references to, oh, it, it exists in dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, slash packages, lib, this thing. No, it's like, oh, we'll figure that out because we're smart enough to know that this thing one needs to exist somewhere on disk and that it needs to be restored and all that stuff. So yeah, for, for me, that was always the big inconsistency. It's like you had the project JSON file, which listed it once. Then you had the CS proj file that listed it again. And then you had to have a file existing in a very special directory on your computer. And as you know, if you have projects with lots of sub modules with their own, um, packages and references and all of that things get kind of crazy in the ide and they don't always restore correctly yeah but thank god we're ditching the packages directory 
Um, I don't know where these things are going anymore. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just glad they're gone. We never cared and we, we never want them to be back. You know, I really like how they, they, they do this too, is like under dependencies, it's very clear where your dependencies are coming from. I think Microsoft took a note of Xamarin Studio where mm. there was like packages and SDK. And so now you have like, you have NuGet projects and SDK. So you get, get to see them all visualized right there. And I think they set it up this way because even in Visual Studio for Mac, there's like a little tiny NuGet icon, which is really nice. So you know that, hey, this actually came from NuGet and it is a NuGet just by looking at an icon, which I thought was really smart. Just a little yeah. subtle touch in it. Yeah. So uh, what's, some, what's some other cool things? You mentioned package reference. I'm going to go with, I love that you can actually, and this is debatable between the two of us, but you can actually put a bunch of your NuGet uh, package information right inside the project file now. So you don't actually need a new spec anymore. You can just start putting your uh, whatever title, your version, uh, what do we what do we have? Keywords and things like that. Yeah, you can actually notes. put all those in. Release yeah. notes, yeah. I, I just like that because I don't like having a million files around, you know, just having it all centralized into one place. I was always a little jealous of the JavaScript community because their project file, their package file was always one place it had everything in it and i think we're finally there yeah i i really like that they actually did simplify this a bit because it'll make it for developers that are looking to get started building like dotnet standard libraries it'll mm -hmm. it'll it lowers the barrier of entry like once you get really complex and you start doing crazy bait and switch and create these really <laughs> large projects that aren't just one library right. or project they're like eight and there's a mixture of all the stuff like me i have so many of these plugins that I like complete control. Not that I have to, it's smart enough that I could figure it out, but I like complete control. I don't like to give it up just yet. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping like with .NET Standard 2 that has so many things, we won't have to play these kinds of games very often anymore. So I actually am hoping that for the majority of my libraries, I can just take this simple approach. I'm going to kind of consider it a failure if I have to write a new spec file. You have to I've do what you have to do, but I've already considered myself a failure in that regard because <laughs> I I refuse to to uh, well I think maybe with .NET Standard 2.0 I, I will I will resolve that because a lot of the tooling will be there so I think that this is a good first step and I think you know with me what I really like about when I'm creating .NET Standard libraries or ASP.NET Core or .NET Core apps that it all supports this new CS proj but. The stuff that I work in day in, day out, which is yeah. Xamarin iOS and Xamarin mm -hmm. Android and UWP, not quite there yet. So I don't know if that's going to change in the 2.0 tooling. Do we know that? Oh, I uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're the better one to answer that. So <laughs> no idea. But I, w I will say that I, I don't tend to release platform-dependent libraries. I just kind of realized that. I was thinking, like, why don't I run into this issue? I'm like, oh, yeah, because I leave all that stuff to James, James and his plugins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, so, guess N-Graphics, right? That would be one. Yeah, okay, darn it. You got oh, to update that to Donna no, Standard. leave it PCL. Leave it PCL. <laughs> no, it's got to it's gotta standardize because it's impossible <laughs> for people to figure out how to install PCLs into .NET Standard libraries. <laughs> That's true somebody pull request frank's uh, if you don't if people hey. don't know n graphics right it's a great library i'm going to start using it actually in the live player we just talked about some design mm -hmm. rechanges and um so you can easily do vector graphics and stuff and it uses the underlying drawing on the different platforms it's very cool yeah it's a uh, native drawing so it always tries to use the operating systems drawing tools there are other cross-platform drawers like skia sharp but they tend to do everything in their own software their own implementation yeah 
Shout out. <laughs> okay, so, so I'll turn it into .NET standard just because I love this file format. What else do I love? You don't have to list every include file anymore. You can just say star.cs or what's the default? It's like star star.cs, which means recursive into subdirectories, something like that. I think, and even for that, it doesn't do, it just, if it's there, it's there. There's basically. a lot of defaults now. So mm-hmm. there's a default compile include, which says, <laughs> give me everything, mm-hmm. which, which is great. Cause I think you can then say, uh, is a compile exclude? Well, there's, there's some way to exclude then just pop out a few files you don't need. Yeah. Yeah. What I like is that this is all really combined nicely. I think when it comes to some of the new command line interface stuff. So CLI, oh, yes. if you will, um, <laughs> I think that that's one of our major topics because, you know, when we talked about how .NET and C Sharp and F Sharp are moving along, like there's just a lot of developer, like day-to-day experiences that are really being cleaned up, mm-hmm. which I really like. And and I know that it's weird that we geeked out about a CS proj file for nine <laughs> minutes and I'm sure you're Sorry, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we've already noticed that. But I'm like, no, it's kind of a big deal when you're literally maintaining 18,000 projects and you don't want to do it. But what I like about this is that all my other stuff is inside of, I don't know, um, 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 at Vayer, BitRise, mm-hmm. like, I mean, mm-hmm. continuous integration and deployment. So the tooling here has gotten a lot better too, where if I want to do a NuGet restore, I just say like .NET restore, point it at a solution and boom, done. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of it like this. Um, before we had lots of tools. We had the compilers, we had CSC, we had MS Build to build things, we had our own tools to run tests and things like that. These are all fun, but they kind of miss the IDE experience of all your tools being together. So what I like to think is the .NET command line tool is kind of like a command line version of the IDE because it bundles all of these tools together and gives you kind of one unified way to do it. It's a lot like how Git works, where it gets one command, but it's really just many commands. And we now have that situation with .NET. And in fact, you can extend its commands with NuGets also. So really easily, you can just publish uh, a new .NET command up to NuGet. And then if people reference it in their project, uh, they can just use it as a tool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Have you done that at all? No, but I've been considering it for this current project that I'm doing. Um, Well, (laughs) two things. Uh, So one of the commands they have is .NET test which is really nice uh, because it wraps n unit, ms test, x unit. So most of the whatever test you're using, uh, it should support it. But I really don't like its output. <laughs> like I'm just not at all happy with it. Plus, um, it doesn't do code coverage on the Mac or on Linux, I don't believe. And so I've been kind of kind of wanting to build a more beefy uh, .NET good test you know, that just does a little bit better than .NET test. That's the name of it, uh, .NET good test. <laughs> I don't know. That, that was on the fly. I'm not good at names. <laughs> no, oh, I think that's a super strong um, um, characteristic of it. I remember when I first used uh, Xamarin UI test, which was really cool. And you had this really cool REPL, right? And the REPL allowed you to do things like tap this button, scroll this right. view and do whatever. But you could extend it with like extension methods. Mm-hmm. So like you can just, if you have a certain use case for yourself, well, I don't have to create all these custom tools, do all this stuff. Well, I'll just extend it just like I extend an IDE, just like I extend right. different libraries. So, kind of cool. So this, this happens to me all the time. Most of my projects end up with a scripts folder in it, or I just mm-hmm. dump them in the root because I always end up writing a few scripts here and there. And it would be so nice if I actually got my act together and unified them and they have like a command line parser built in so you can just reference that you get you'll just fit into the ecosystem very nicely. 
Yeah, that's I definitely like that. And I like that with this new CLI tooling, it, it kind of makes getting an app that's so so I think you can really so we'll get this straight and you can correct me if I'm wrong is that mm-hmm. the new CLI tooling I can use on three types of applications today I can use or two types of apps and one type of library I can use it on a .NET core application or an ASP.NET core application and then uh, as a library creator I can use this command line on a .NET standard library correct yeah, you got all that right. Uh, it's even simpler than that, though. An ASP.NET Core app is a .NET Core app. So, ah, got it. Yeah, so it can compile .NET Core apps. It can do um, standard libraries, and it can do .NET Core libraries. But don't make those; those are dumb. <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> I was don't. at a conference and and trying to explain this to people. So if we didn't explain this enough in in the previous <laughs> .NET Standard or .NET Core um, podcast that we did, a .NET Core app or an ASP.NET Core app is an app, you know, that is running uh, where the .NET Core runtime lives. And if you create a .NET Core library, then you can't share that with anybody, and that makes no sense. So you create a .NET Standard library, and the .NET Standard library can be shared with everybody, and it's so much yeah. nicer. Yeah, and and, and they, they got their act together because .NET new class lib, so you can do like file new project in it. Like I said, it's a little IDE uh, actually generates a .NET standard library. So they don't even bother with um, .NET core libraries. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like I know that we're going to be changing all of the uh, the Xamarin templates over to .NET standard because that will make sense, right? Like you don't need to create a like a Xamarin iOS library or a PCL library or something else. Like just create a .NET standard library and it'll be shared everywhere. So that, that's even what I'm doing in all of my um libraries that I created, you know, today is I'm never going to create a, unless I need to create platform specific code, like then I would extend it with the bait and switch, but Hey, I'm just going to create some .NET code, share it everywhere. And this is super powerful. And I don't know if you know, Frank, is that, you know, unity is soon going to support .NET standard libraries. I, which I, may- oh, I guess I had heard rumors of that, but I, d- I don't know that they were given official timetables, anything like that. It was at some conference somewhere. And I know I talked to JB um, and I did a show on the Xamarin show about it. And I said, hey, when is this new stuff? And he's like, no, the, the the new .NET stack is already in like a preview state oh, that you yeah. can get. I don't know if that supports .NET standard libraries, but like I know they're working hard on it because that will be a huge, crazy win. I think that that must be the stack when they upgraded Mono then. So hopefully they're just getting a bunch of things for free. Like yeah. .NET standards should just come for free. Uh, that's awesome because that means uh, if you don't know, Unity has its own store. So if you write like a library that's really cool, you know, we're all kind of hippies with this nougat thing. We all create these free libraries and upload them. But guess what? There's another way to distribute things, and that's called selling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead of nougating your library, or I guess it probably might still be whatever, you can actually uh, just upload it to the Unity store and have people purchase it. So it'd be nice to have them supporting your library in that way. Yeah, now, nice. I think for, for most of us, we're probably just going to stick to nougat, though, right? <laughs> That would still be super interesting, though, too, if you had like these platform specific helper things. Mm-hmm. Like I know that there's there's Unity plugins, right, for like billing and all this other stuff. But I'm like, I'm wondering if there's a way to extend and optimize my plugins for Unity. Yeah. I don't know. Probably probably another research project for me to do. <laughs> you're going to be up all night now. Yeah, it's possible Unity has its own abstraction layer. So your plugin system could just plug into that. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. So with <laughs> and the then CLI. A millionaire. Yeah, the next plug-in millionaire. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. So with the, the CLI and .NET Core stuff, have you been building .NET Core applications or actually trying to, you know, use this in production for anything? 
Yeah, um, it, it's been a fun little project. Um, I I love the idea of .NET on Linux because as much as I make fun of the web and I hate writing web apps and all that stuff, it's 2017. You can't avoid the web. You have to be able to talk web and do the web easily. And prior to this, I, I would always run Mono on all my Linux servers, which was always fine, except I'd go to conferences and talk to people and they'd say, oh, we have trouble running our Mono servers and they can't handle the load and there's leaks and things like that. This is all... Um, unsubstantiated but at the same time it puts all that like fear uncertainty and doubt into your brain right like can i can i trust the mono on linux well what i decided was i can trust a multi-billion dollar corporation that says they're supporting linux to release something so i was excited to try uh .NET core itself running straight on linux but i wasn't sure like I wasn't sure how, like, are you supposed to put a web server in front of it, like, to load balance? Are you supposed to use all those weird hosting? What do they call it? They, they you can have... use, like, service fabric, like, microservice-based oh, right. <laughs> or something? Maybe? There's, all these, there's all these terms from ASP.NET that I honestly don't understand, the way the layering mechanism works. Web jobs. <laughs> got those but have it, you ever opened up azure and just took a look at the multiple multitude of, of different types time. of things that you can do it's intimidating like yeah. i i i guess like if someone explained to me what each one was i would understand them but just by going at the names you're just like what could these possibly be so what did you end up doing did you figure it out or no yeah. So I decided, well, I'm just going to write this the way I would write it on Windows, which is yeah. you use HTTP listener. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, HTTP listener is magical on Windows because what it actually uses is the HTTP parser down in the kernel, down deep into the networking stack. There's an HTTP server in the kernel in mm -hmm. Windows and HTTP listener uh, works with that. And so if you write a server on Windows and use HTTP listener, you're basically getting best in class in a best in class HTTP server, basically almost as good as IIS. It doesn't have all the memory pooling and all that. So I thought, well, what if I run this thing on Linux, <laughs> which does not have that low level kernel support, which means all that HTTP parsing is being done, you know, in software, uh, you know, on the .NET Core stack and all that stuff. And so I actually sent out a Twitter poll saying, uh, who thinks this is going to work? <laughs> and 67% um, of people said it was going to go down in flames, basically. <laughs> was it because it was on Linux? And that's the reason why? Like, would it, I wonder yeah. if you put out two tweets, one about Windows, well, three, one about Mac and one about Linux, what the distribution would have been. Well, th that was ex that's exactly the exper experiment I want to run. It's not the poll I did, but I wanted to run um, Azure Windows running the same software as random Ubuntu Linux on Amazon. You know, I just wanted mm -hmm. two different comparisons like that. But I thought I would start on the uh, Amazon one because it's $5 a month and um, their portal's a lot easier to use <laughs> than Azure's. I couldn't, I could never figure out Azure. I'm like, I just want a virtual server. How do I do this? <laughs> You uh, go in and you say file new and then search for server. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, sw I swear, like that sometimes someone was telling me like, I can't find it in Azure and I go new and then search for realm and then there, there it is. And then okay. search for Linux and it's there, I swear. I, I'm an old person. I don't search by default. I, I read the lists. <laughs> it, it actually seems weird, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm creating a new service. Like, why would I search for a service? It's because there's so many of them. <laughs> okay, but check this out. The experiment went super well. 
Uh, what I did is I put a little web page up that had a button that everyone would click, and it was a persistent button, so it accumulated everyone's clicks. So if 10 people click 10 times, it would get 100 clicks. Okay. Like mm-hmm. And over the course of an hour, I had people click it 20,000 times from oh around God. the world. Yeah. Um, the software, I was testing my software itself to see if I had any memory leaks. Turns out I had one not leak, but kind of leak. And so it sent out, you would think it would send out like 20,000 responses, right? Well, instead mm-hmm. it sent out 600,000 responses. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually did 600,000 requests and responses, uh, over an hour and it maxed out the CPU at 5%. And it was just shoveling network traffic. So oh my goodness. That's my way of saying this thing ran beautifully. It was doing way more work than it was ever meant to do. And it even did that with a plum. It just ran. And I was so proud of it. I'm going to link to, I'm looking at this. You even created a input and there's uh, the, or you tweeted the input and output charts of yeah. it. That's crazy. Because I wow. wanted to know, you know, like I, I was tired of this. Ever since that comment that I received about Mono on Linux, I've just been having this nervous doubt. And yeah. the only way to get rid of nervous doubts is to just measure, right? You can only just put it up and hit, hit it as hard as you can. Uh, people reminded me you can also pay for load <laughs> testing services, mm. but I reminded them that they're a lot cheaper. <laughs> just send out a tweet. <laughs> All right, so right now, I'm, are you going to leave this click button thing? I'm going to click on it. I'm, like, I'm just clicking on it. Oh, wow, someone did really click 23 thousand times yeah actually i really want to upload um a new version of it but i don't want the counter to be reset the counter is actually just in memory i'm not storing it anywhere so you just do uh, slash shared button two. <laughs> oh, smart <laughs> every, every iteration it's your own version control <laughs> yeah so it, it worked really well um which just it, it made me so happy because I was able to use the class that I wanted to use, HTTP Listener. I wrote it in the style I wanted to use, and it ran well. And you really can't ask for anything more than that. And I think what's great about this now is that now that you have this set up, you could put it into a CI service, mm. right? And then you could use the CLI commands. And I was kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, but I'm now looking at the full list of CLI commands. There's new, restore, build, publish, run, test, VS test, pack, migrate, clean, SLN, Add package, add reference, remove. Like you can do everything. It's like an IDE at the command line. Now, I don't want this at all because I hate command line. You know I hate the command line. But but on the build server, this thing's awesome. That thing is awesome. That's super cool. Man, I'm going to have to check that out. I'm really really jazzed up that you put a button on a screen and that people had clicked it. I'm going to get it to 24,000 by the end of the show. Um, (laughs) That's super cool. I love that that software is still running. Like... I'm telling you, that software has a big bug in it. It's, it's doing way more work than it should be. <laughs> Super cool. Though. But I mean, it works. And that's what matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> so are you now feeling confident that the stability and the perf of, and this is even, is that, is that .NET Core 1. whatever, or is it 2.0? Uh, no, this is actually 2.0. Um, and I did that specifically because I wanted .NET Standard 2.0 support. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe that came until .NET Core 2. Plus, I wanted to give it its best shot, right? I didn't want to use an old version. Yeah, use that new hotness. It's in the, the <laughs> latest hot bits. They're they're like flaming hot. They're just like, got to get them. Um, the button's still clicking. <laughs> well, you know what I did? I, I did a little bit more than a button clicker. Mm-hmm. I got real excited. <laughs> um, I was on a plane back from Oslo last week. Yeah. And I go, I've had this side project that I really wanted to do um, 
and it involves creating a website. And I don't know if you know, Frank, I know nothing about the internet <laughs> and how it works. Um, and in fact, I'm going to tell you and you're going to laugh at me because uh, Heather laughed at me when I was explaining this. But what I did is I went into um, Visual Studio for Mac and I go, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do file new ASP.NET core MVC Ooh. website. And in that. a matter of a plane ride, I'm going to teach myself MVC, ASP.NET, uh, core, <laughs> and I'm razor templating. And so I went out of my, no, no internet, right? That was the idea. Yeah, that how, I are you do gonna do, how are you going to learn without the internet here? Especially razor. That thing was not the simplest. <laughs> so what I did is I went to the ASP.NET core documentation and I opened up 20 tabs nice. of tutorial and loaded it all ahead of time. <laughs> Hey, this is how I learned to program, so I, I, I'm game for this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm almost afraid to ask, though. I mean, did it work? Did you learn? So I definitely learned. I learned that MVC is very magical, like magical routing, magical mm -hmm. naming mm -hmm. folder weirdness. Um, lots of configuration. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so in ASP.NET Core, they've really slimmed it down. There's a lot of defaults for you. And I was relatively impressed that out of the box it worked. And as I was following along with the documentation, I go, let me see if I can create this, just a list, like a list of strings. And I just want to put them sure. out into some HTML tags. And I want to be able to click on one and go to the details page. Yeah. And if I can do master de details page, I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did it, by the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, then Heather fixed all my code later on <laughs> because she's like, this is wrong. She's a .NET programmer, I always forget. Yeah, she's a, she, she focuses on um, uh, .NET server services, so server code, ASP.NET, right yeah. <laughs> and microservices and things like that. So you so, showed it to a professional, and the professional's like, let me rewrite that for you. But at least you learned. <laughs> I did learn. Like, it, it was a good experience. Like I, I know that she focuses more on back-end services and more than the Razor. So she mm -hmm. fixed up my Razor stuff. Like I, I got it all working myself. She just made it work a lot better in five minutes. She's like, let me see that computer. You know, <laughs> and what I learned was that um, it, it, it all works very interestingly. And when I'm reading the documentation, what I found out is that MVC has seemed to have moved to an MVVM landscape. So... Oh, they pretty much have since the beginning, I'll be honest. They, they took the MVC part from Ruby, but that's just so mm. far as having controllers. But pretty much from V1, they had you creating view models. So it should be right up your alley. So as soon as I figured that out, it was extremely right up my alley. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, I was I'm like, home, oh, I know baby. how to do <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, felt... I think we stole view models from them, to be kind of honest. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought it was like an MVCVM type mm -hmm, of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was, I was reading the docs. I was impressed. I think that anyone should go and try this and actually like give it a go. Like I was able to in just about an hour or two, all on my Mac. Like I never did anything on Windows at all. Like I just inside of it, the Razor editing, I think needs some improvement in VS for Mac. But besides that, everything else, I was just writing code. I was configuring stuff. I did some custom routes. I was pretty impressed with myself. And um, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. Yeah, ASP.NET Core has come a long way. I remember, because um, I've been on the Mac forever, and from time to time, I would want to write an ASP.NET MVC site. And through the years, Xamarin has had 
let's just say varying support for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't, sometimes the um, HTML editor would work, sometimes it wouldn't. And so it was all really just an up and down kind of road. And so what's nice with VS for Mac is they're actually committed <laughs> to supporting ASP.NET Core again. And so thank God, like it's you can just use it again. Yeah. It, it, it all totally worked. It, it was great. You know what else works, Frank? Our amazing, spectacular controls from our amazing sponsor this week, Syncfusion. That's right. You know Syncfusion. I use Syncfusion. You use Syncfusion. We all use Syncfusion's controls because they're awesome. They're cross-platform. They're built um, and designed for the best possible experience across every single platform, whether it's ASP.NET, iOS, Android, Xamarin, you name it, they have these most beautiful charts and graphs and widgets and PDF readers and Excel spreadsheet readers. They have everything all out there for you. In fact, they have over 850 different components and different products, including things like reporting, dashboards, big data. They have this whole data integration platform. It's really awesome. And what I love about it is that everything's free for individual developers like myself and like Frank. If if you uh, run a business with under five users uh, and you gross under a million dollars in revenue a year, um, it's free. It, it, you're good to go. And if you make over a million dollars a year, well, all I got to do is cut uh, Syncfusion a little slice with one annual flat fee for all of their controls. So if you're in a big company, one price, everything for all of your developers. Super awesome. To find out about Syncfusion, go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict to learn about all their controls on all the different platforms. That's syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. And we cannot thank Syncfusion enough for sponsoring the show. Yeah, thanks, Syncfusion. Actually, you just had me thinking of that uh, Excel reader because I've had jobs in the past where I've had to do a lot of Excel file processing and going through the um, automation API is so slow and terrible. So just the Excel reader itself is worth the money. Yeah, I remember anytime anyone asked me, they're like, oh, I need to like display a PDF. I was like, guess what? And like, (laughs) they have this control. It's good to go. Yeah, I think that's what kind of got me excited too is, and and as I started doing more ASP.NET core type of stuff, I go, you know what I'm going to need is to now figure out how to do proper interface. I think it was interesting Mm -hmm. because I I, I now live in this world where, guess what, my libraries are the same, my backend, my CLI is the same. Like a lot of this stuff in the world of .NET Core, .NET Standard, ASP.NET, even Xamarin, it's all all meshing together except for the user interface. So maybe (laughs) one day, I don't know. Mm, I might be working on a library for that. <laughs> I would love had that. someone on Twitter say that, uh, will there ever be an episode where Frank doesn't mention a library he wrote? And no, never no. going to happen, people. In fact, we mentioned <laughs> N-Graphics today. If you could get N-Graphics. <laughs> we got two on down today. Take that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to, to, to get more into this, like into .NET Core. And I think, you know, they have been talking about it for so long. And when I go and talk to developers, I don't know what your read is, Frank, on the community, but I know that there's like a lot of people that are very vocal and then a lot of people that are a little bit worried. I don't know. What's your vibe? Is it worried? I don't get the worried one anymore. I don't I don't see that. And I, I think it's I just counter it. Anytime mm. I see someone worried, I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's old tech, new name. We're just waiting for the tools to catch up. Um, that kind of thing. Because from my perspective, this is pretty much all good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some growing pains with it. .NET Core is weird because now we have .NET, we have Mono, and we have .NET Core. It's hard to remember that there's three of these things and they're all different from each other. Mm-hmm. But 
once you understand that, once you understand what each one's meant for and, you know, how they're going to change over time, it's, it's not such a big deal and it makes sense. So when I see people complaining like that, I'm just like, nope, take a deep breath. This is good stuff. Let's, let's walk through it. Let's address your problems. <laughs> yeah. And I think if anything is really what we've wanted forever. Yeah. I think that in the years as a Xamarin developer of sharing code and making it easy to build and compile my code, we saw this evolution of linked pro or linked files and then mm -hmm. auto things that brought in those files and shared projects, then PCLs. And then everything mm -hmm. was, everything felt like it worked, but it wasn't perfect. Everything yeah. needed its own version. You had multiple copies of multiple files everywhere. It was just a mess. And I think that's why we both enjoyed the cleaned up CS Proj, because in some ways it's just a reflection of how we feel everything's going. We're cleaning it up. In the past, we've, I mean, what, .NET's 14, 15 million years old. Um, it's collected crud over time. Mm -hmm. And so it's just nice to have this little housekeeping and cleaning. Uh, in fact, when I was when I said I wanted the server to run on Linux, that was actually a bit of a lie. It was the truth, but I actually wanted to run on a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to get down to that point. <laughs> and and the fact that I can basically run the exact same code on a Raspberry Pi as an uh, as an iPhone, it's a good good time. Good time to be alive <laughs> and <is>. working. <laughs> Truly, truly .NET absolutely everywhere. Was there anything else you want to talk and hint on? Did we miss anything on .NET Core? I'm sure we did. There's so much in there, but... Ah, we're going to be talking about it for a while. There's, there's three big implementations. I just wanted to do an episode to just about it itself, right? Because I think we've been talking around it for a long time. Mm -hmm. We just had to hit it straight on. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we have one bit of listener feedback this week. We love it when you guys and gals write into the show. You can go to mergeconflict.fm and you can leave us an email right there. You can leave comments on the show uh, if you have something specific about the show. And we love to read it. We like to give feedback. And this is actually coming in from David, I think it is. And he goes, um, or, Dawid, Dawid, D-A-W-I-D. How do you say that? Oh, that could be David, but I'm not, I'm not even going to, nope, I didn't say that out loud. Please, two places. tell us how. <laughs> Dawid, you need to correct it. We need to get proper pronunciation, but it's okay. Um, and what he says is he goes, hey, big fan of the show. Appreciate that. And he goes, um, he's interested in how we deal with developer nerd rage. And oh. here's some context to it, Okay. I think this has to do with our, maybe my lightning talk where I got very upset about solid and practices and all this stuff. But he said uh -oh. he used to, he used to work in a big team where they had all sorts of best practices like solid, dry, kiss. I don't have no idea what these are. Design mm -hmm. patterns, you know, that they had to obey. They did code reviews mm -hmm. to every single pull request into VSTS. You know, their team was like obsessed with these super high standards. And yeah. slowly over time, he really became obsessed with clean code. And it's just like his, part of his routine now. Right. But he just changed companies. And he says, I changed companies as a new uh, mobile division with a few developers. And um, there's been multiple occasions in which he's seen like a lot of a few classes in one file or over 400 lines in a class and no design patterns. Oh and, and it's kind of like he's exploding with nerd rage. And he goes, yeah. he wanted to know, um, you know, he is making subtle suggestions, but how do we or have we ever had similar experiences and how have we dealt with them in the past? You going to go first or shall I? I think that for me, you know, I have definitely worked in big teams when I worked at Canon on huge projects and I got pretty lucky there where we followed a lot of these best practices and interface based. That's where I learned a lot of my development. 
And then what happened was, is I ended up just going and doing a lot of independent development. So I didn't have to worry about it. But then this thing called open source became really big. And I'm not just, I'm just not, you know, contributing to my own projects. I'm con- contributing to like all .NET developers projects and putting in code there. So for me, you know, if I come into something like this and it's not my project that's in the open source, I'm not going to go change and enforce my practices on them. But I will say that I think it's, I would probably make the argument to management or to the boss or whoever's in charge to say, hey, listen, you know, I, it, it, we're slinging code, we're fast, we're furious, but I think just a few subtle changes would be good. In fact, maybe having an editor config file in your VS project to <laughs> say like, hey, we all have the same naming conventions would be a good start. Or, hey, we do only have one class, but trying to do everything at once may be too big. Have you, but have you ran into this at all, Frank? I've seen it been on both sides of it all throughout my career i I think this is very common anytime you're joining a new team this is going to happen the first instance i can think of was uh, in an engineering group we were car engineering and so we had very high standards but then um an aerospace engineer got hired and he had Mm. higher standards (laughs) and oh boy did he let us know about his higher standards and so as, as advice, I would say this. Um, remember, standards are relative, number one. Just mm-hmm. because you believe a rule is gold does not mean the rule is gold. It means you believe the rule is gold. Okay, but let's put that aside. If you actually believe that your rule is a good one, then present it to the team and mm-hmm. say, hey, how about we uh, you know, uh, create our own standards? Let's, let's have standards. Um, but this is, this is a human problem, right? You got to read your team. You got to figure out how to approach them on the subject. You got to know what you can push and what you got to give way to. So I say my general advice is, A, you got to give way. Uh, you can't change people overnight. But that doesn't mean you have to give up the war. You know, just sit back, <laughs> try to push it when you can. Don't be a jerk, please. Don't <laughs> be a jerk. Like, the, the worst thing in the world is when someone has their own idea of how something should be programmed and then yeah. they force it upon others. I just don't be that person. Um, but for the rage part, rage, that happens to all of us. I go for a walk. It's the yeah. only way. <laughs> it is. Honestly, I, I leave the house when I get so upset. I'm like, I'm going to go leave. I'm yeah. just going to walk around and probably buy a coffee. And then that's going to be my... Pool, do something a little bit physical mm-hmm. to just distract your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think also you can also lead by example. So for instance, don't contribute to those bad practices that are there. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, don't shove another thing in another file and just create a new thing off of it. Because if there are no standards and you can help create them, but have the dialogue, I think, is the most important project part of it, especially if you're on a small team. So then, you know, everyone can say, like, why haven't we done any of this? And, you know, go from there. Yeah, especially on small teams where uh, politics or interpersonal communications are very important and relationships are hard. You know, just it's harder, but it can be done. Exactly. Well, all right, Frank, I think we did it. We broke past 50. We did it past 50 episodes on to, on to 52 next week, I guess. Or 48. I don't know how this counting system works. We're on 122 at this point. Um, it's been good. We're, I mean, we're not even at a year yet, but we're, we're breaking past it. I love it. Um, of course, you can find us anytime on the internet. 
um, at Proclarum, at James Montemagno, at Merge Conflict FM is the show. You can, of course, find us on all of your favorite podcast uh, devices and apps. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We would absolutely love it. We, we jump around and, and dance around as soon as we see a review come in. We get real excited. At least I do. I don't know about Frank. Um, but yeah, definitely let us know and leave some feedback on the show. And until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. 